trying to get her some help. So praise God. Second, let me be quiet. Second Corinthians 11. Pastor's getting in trouble this morning. It's going to get worse by the time I'm done preaching. Second Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number three. Say amen when you have it. Praise God. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom you have not preached, or if you receive another spirit, which you have not received, or another gospel, which you have not accepted, you might well bear with him. Now I want to preach to you on this subject, weakness. Weakness. Can we say that together? Weakness. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is powerful and it is anointed. And I pray, God, that you would speak through me today. And enable me to minister to everyone here in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. <clears throat> Our opening text this morning is in 2 Corinthians 11. But in order to understand the verse and chapter that we just read, we need to take a look at the chapter before it. Because it is in the chapter before it that Paul begins to express his concern for this beautiful church that God had used him to build. In, chapters, in chapter 10, Paul begins to contend for the hearts of these precious people who were being deceived by a particular person. You will notice that in our opening verse, he specifically says, for if he cometh. And he's being very specific in regards to it being an individual. Paul does not say who this individual is. And there are many speculations as to who this individual is. But none of that matters. In fact, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10 and 2, We do not war after the flesh. And what Paul is saying is that who it is does not matter. Because Paul felt that people in this particular situation were not the problem. He would, if they were the problem, Paul would have named them. And Paul was notorious for name dropping. And he was not afraid to do so. In 2 Timothy 4 and 14 and then in 1 Timothy 1 and 2, he talks about Alexander the coppersmith who did him much evil. He talks about another man named Hymenaeus. In fact, both Alexander and Hymenaeus gave Paul so much trouble that at one point he says, I have delivered them over to Satan. Amen. And then in 2 Timothy 4 and 2, he talks about a man named Demas who hath forsaken him. But Paul here is not concerned with people because he sees this situation, amen, as a spiritual problem. Paul sees the words and the ideas that are being pitched to the Corinthians as having an origin that is far darker than any human heart can conceive. In 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, he says that what is taking place is a war and that he plans on fighting this war for the hearts and the minds of the Corinthians with weapons that are not carnal, but that are spiritual, that are mighty through God and that pull down strongholds and cast down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Three times in this one verse, 
Paul begins to talk about things that need to be brought down. This language is not accidental. It, it is quite intentional. Paul believes that what is going on is of a demonic and a spiritual nature. A lot of people have the wrong image of the devil in their mind. A lot of people think of the devil as some person who is in a pit or in hell, but that's really not the way the devil operates, and that's really not how he works. Satan always and always will, until Jesus returns, operate from high places. The devil loves high places. And several months ago, I was preaching here, and I talked about how that we went to a zoo in Arizona, and I noticed that all the predator cats uh, during the, uh, as nighttime came, all the predator cats would love to perch on the highest poles and trees that they could find inside of their enclosures because predators like high places. They like to be able to see from high vantage points. They like to be able to have a bird's eye view of their prey. And most predator species are that way. And Paul sees Satan this way because that's the way Satan really is. He is not down in some pit and crawls out of it occasionally to bother and to molest people. Amen. In Ephesians 6 and 12, the apostle Paul says that spiritual wickedness is in high places. In Ephesians 2 and 2, he calls Satan the prince of the power of the air. And then in Isaiah 14 and 12, the prophet has a vision of Satan. And he says, how thou art fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also on the mount of the congregation and the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. You can see here that Satan loves the high places. He loves, amen, infiltrating atmospheres and environments. He likes to permeate rooms. He's not, he's not down. He's actually up. And the apostle Paul says, what's going on inside of your hearts, what's going on inside of your minds, amen, is actually of a spiritual nature. I really don't care who the man is that's telling you all these things. We know his name, but that doesn't matter. There's actually a spiritual element involved in these ideas, amen, that are corrupting your minds, that are swaying your hearts. And the apostle Paul says, I'm going to come against these things. I'm going to come against this spiritually. I'm going to cast it down. I'm going to pull it down. Amen. Because it is exalting itself above the knowledge. Everyone say knowledge. It is exalting itself above the knowledge of God. So what exactly is all this spiritual warfare over? What exactly is it that Paul and this devil are fighting over in the hearts and the minds of the Corinthians? The Corinthians are being deceived into believing that they are weak people and that God never intended them to be this way. And the reason that they are weak is because a weak man by the name of Paul, in fact, in Corinthians 10 and 12, 10 and 10, I believe it is, the Apostle Paul talks about that when people see him, they say he's weak, he's a weakling, he writes big, tough letters, but if you just look at him, he's sickly and weak. 
And so the Apostle Paul here is being blamed by this particular man, amen, as giving, amen, the Corinthians a spirit of weakness because he is weak. And because he is weak, the Jesus he has preached to them is weak. And because he is weak, the gospel that he has preached to them is also weak. And because he is weak, they have not received the Holy Spirit, but rather a spirit of weakness. The man deceiving them was telling them that if, they had, that, that, it, that if they would just listen to him, he would deliver to them a gospel of power, a gospel of a powerful Jesus, one who's never been broken, one who's never been beaten, one who's never been laughed at, one who's never been mocked or ridiculed, one who would not allow himself to be stripped naked and hung to a cross, a super Jesus, if you will, that's impervious to abuse and harm and manipulation. Amen. Humans don't like to be weak. Amen. The allure and the attraction of this preaching of this man who is being used by the devil. Amen. Is based on the fact that humans don't like to be weak. We like hierarchies. We like to be at the top. We climb ladders. Amen. And not only do we not like weakness. Amen. We don't like weakness being imposed on us. We don't like being tricked or scammed into weak positions. And so this doctrine that this man was preaching to them was very, very attractive. Amen. And I'm going to go one step further here today. Uh, Christianity is even faced with several challenges, amen, with being able to accept the weakness that comes with being a Christian. And I want to preach to you today that a season of weakness in your life is not a reason to seek another Jesus. Amen. The Apostle Paul said, this guy is preaching to you another Jesus, another gospel, and another spirit. And he's, he's what he's letting them know in so many words is you can't allow a season of weakness to make you go look for another Jesus. And you can't allow the weaknesses in your life to make you go look for another gospel. And you can't allow the weaknesses in your life to question the spirit that you received uh, amen what we have now is what we need uh, and i'm preaching to somebody today that has been wrestling with their weakness that has been fighting with their weakness uh, for some of us we may be in a season of weakness uh, other of us perhaps have been fighting with a weakness in our life for many years now uh, and i want you to know the problem is not jesus and the problem is not the gospel and the problem is not the holy ghost uh, you have everything that you need amen hallelujah to deal with your weakness weakness. Uh, in fact, I want to preach to you, amen, that Jesus, the gospel, and the Holy Ghost are not hindered by your weakness. In fact, if you will allow it to, it will reveal the power of Jesus. It will reveal the power of the gospel, and it will reveal the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody give God some praise. In 2 Corinthians 12 and 10, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in my reproaches, in my necessities, in my persecution, in my distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I want to preach to you today that Jesus is not lacking. The gospel is not lacking. The Holy Ghost is not lacking. What is lacking is our willingness to believe that through God, we can be vulnerable and victorious. We can be weak 
and still winning. We can be frail and still favored. We can be broken and still blessed. We can be down and still standing. We can be crying and still content. Come on, somebody. Help me to preach. A lot of people believe that you can't be those two things at the same time. A lot of people believe that if they're vulnerable, they can't be victorious. That if they're weak, they won't win. That if they're frail, they're not favored. That if they're broken, they can't be blessed. And if that they're down, they can't possibly be standing. And that if they're crying so much, how could they possibly be content? Can I just preach to you that the devil is a liar? <laughs> Jesus was vulnerable and victorious. Jesus was weak and won. Jesus was frail and favored. Jesus was broken and blessed. Jesus was down and still standing. Jesus wept and he still was content. I want to preach to you today, church, that you don't have the wrong Jesus. You don't have the wrong gospel and you don't have the wrong spirit. In fact, you have everything that you need. It's not time to switch up because things aren't going the way you want them to. It's not time to question what you have. Amen. Because you're walking through a dry spell it's not time to question what you have because you're sick in your body bad in your finances amen troubled in your marriage amen hallelujah i'm telling you right now this stuff right here works amen hallelujah it may take time it may take months it may take years and sometimes it may take a lifetime amen but you have the right jesus you have the right gospel you have the right spirit amen you don't need to look for another you've got everything you need hallelujah Oh, hallelujah. And so today, I'm just going to talk to you for a few more minutes about something we need to stop and something we need to start. Number one, we have to stop being so easily offended. We have to stop being so easily offended. I'm going to say that one more time. We have to stop being so easily offended. We have to stop getting off our, our Christianity so easily. It's just time that every little thing doesn't offend us. It's just time that every little word, situation, circumstance stops offending us. Listen, there are many reasons why after having been saved, people look for another Jesus, another gospel, and another spirit. Some are more naive than others, but none of them are good. There's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons that people say, you know what, I just, I, I need to do something else because this ain't working. But I'm just going to tell you right now, the first thing we need to stop doing is getting so offended. In the book of Matthew, the 11th chapter, uh, something very interesting happens. There is a man who we've probably all heard of. His name is John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was the forerunner to Jesus Christ. And not only was he the forerunner to Jesus Christ, he was Jesus' cousin. He was Jesus' cousin. They were only six months apart. He baptized Jesus. And... John is arrested and he is thrown in prison and he takes two of his disciples and he says, I want you to go find my cousin, Jesus, and I want you to ask him these words. Are you the Messiah 
or do we look for another? And Jesus looks at John's disciples in the eyes when they find him. And he says these words to them in Matthew 11 and 5. You go tell John that the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And then listen what he says next. And blessed is he who shall not be offended in me. And what is he saying? He's saying, John, God is doing what God said he's going to do. And the fact that he's not doing what you want him to do does not mean that you should be offended. Amen. Does not mean that you should start questioning who I am. Because John was starting to get upset that Jesus was not getting him out of his situation. Not only is this is my cousin, this is the guy that I helped get started. This is the guy we're family. Amen. He's not only are we family, but we're both favored and highly spiritual men. Amen. He should be coming to aid me in my distress. And now John is starting to get offended. And Jesus tells him, blessed is he who is not offended in me. And, and, and I want to just preach to you for a few moments here. Amen. What if Jesus is not going to deliver you from your situation. What if Jesus wants to go through your situation with you? Has that ever dawned on us? Amen. That perhaps God is not as worried about taking us out of something as he is going through something with us. Because maybe even that situation has some lessons to teach you. Maybe that situation you're going through, amen, is going to show you how to depend on God. Hallelujah. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to keep it, uh, I'm going to keep it real with you today. God doesn't deliver us out of everything. God doesn't take us out of everything. And it's in those moments when you are slap dab in the middle of a situation that God's not going to take you out of. Amen. That you got to watch yourself and not get offended and all of a sudden start thinking I need a new church. I need a new Jesus. Uh, I, you know all this weakness possi can't possibly be the will of God. I can't imagine what kind of glory God gets out of me being this broken. I can't imagine what kind of glory God gets out of me crying this much. I can't imagine what kind of glory God gets out of me being this sick, this broke. I don't I can't I can't even imagine how it would be possible for God amen to derive any good out of me and my wife fighting this much. Amen. I can't understand. I'm preaching to somebody right now. I don't even understand how it would be possible that God would get any glory out of my messed up home where there's fighting and there's bickering and there's a division in the finances and there's a division between me and my children and there's a division between me and my husband and there's divisions every what glory could God get out of this I'll tell you what glory God could get out of this but before I do that let me tell you why God lets us go through some things because he specifically says amen uh, the apostle Paul specifically says why God allows us amen to endure certain weaknesses he says so that no flesh uh, should glory in his presence uh, honey you know and we know that you can't afford no family therapist. And so when your marriage gets fixed by the power of Jesus, guess who's going to get the glory? Not the therapist. Not Dr. Laura. Not Dr. Jordan Peterson. Not Dr. Phil. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. It's going to be Dr. Jesus that's going to get the glory. Hallelujah. Everybody know you broke. Hallelujah. Everybody saw your card get declined. And when things get turned around, amen, without a financial advisor, without David Ramsey, hallelujah, everyone's going to know it was Jesus that did the job. Hallelujah. And what...
preach right now. Hey, hallelujah. And when your marriage gets put back together uh, and you and your children are at the park playing happily again, hallelujah, and everything is smoothing out, uh, won't nobody get the glory but Jesus. Uh, in fact, everybody will be saying, I was certain they were going to get divorced. Uh, I was certain this was about to be over. Uh, I thought for sure she's finally going to leave him. Uh, the devil is a liar. Uh, you can be weak and still win. Uh, you can be vulnerable and victorious. Uh, come on, come on, somebody. Oh, but can I preach to you that what you can't do is be offended and still come out of this? You can't be offended and still come out of this. You know, when the devil, when the devil has failed at discouraging you every other way, I know folks that can put up with the sickness, the fighting, da da da, woo woo, whatever. But boy, they can't put up with one offense. They just say to themselves, that's where I draw the line. You not shaking my hand. You taking my parking spot. I just draw the line at people who make fun of my poof. How dare she look at me sideways because of my shoes. Y'all getting quiet on me, praise God. Alameda Public Library is closed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We, we, you know, this, there, there, we need to pray right now. Because I, I feel the Holy Ghost talking to us right now. We need to pray. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God, talk to us right now. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God, I know the Holy Ghost is talking to me right now. Listen, there are people here, amen, whether you make it out of this situation the way you're supposed to. Because, see, you know, you, you can make it out. You can make it out the wrong way. And I'm telling you, there are people here, and you know, there are some of you, you're just tough. You're tenacious. You, you're a survivor. You're going to make it. But if you get offended every other day, I'm going to tell you what, you're going to make it through your t trial, but you're not going to be the person you need to be. Amen. You're going to come out with a crooked, twisted, perverted spirit. You're going to come out just as angry as ever. You're going to come out Christian, but cussing in your head. You're going to come out Christian, but bitter at the world. You, you, you might come out still showing up to church regularly on Sundays, amen, and occasionally throughout the week, but inside your spirit, you're going to be angry at life. You're going to be angry at your parents. You're going to be angry at your pastor. You're going to be angry at the brothers and sisters. You're going to be angry at your old pastor. You're going to be angry at your at your ex-wife, your ex-husband. You're going to be angry at your children. You're going to be angry at the old employer. You're going to, you know, the Bible says that David had some mighty men. David, David used to roll around with a, with a squad of some rough-necked gentlemen. Praise God. They'd beat you up in a heartbeat. And the Bible says that David had one man who got in a fight, and he got in such an intense fight that when it was over, the Bible said he he could not let go of the sword. Amen. The Bible said they actually had to pry his hand open to let go of the sword because the guy had been in such a thick fight. And that's how some of us are. We've been fighting so long that we actually can't put the sword down. We don't know when the fight's over. We're still always ready to swing. And so we take, we take the problems from the last job to the new job. We take the problems from the last relationship to the new relationship. We take the problems from the last church to the new church. We take the problems from, come on somebody, I'm, I'm going to keep preaching until you get with me. Hallelujah. We get so offended. We, we, come on somebody. 
somebody. We get so offended at what happened in the past, amen, that we keep we keep reliving it. But now, but now we impose that offense. We impose that fight, that battle, amen, on other folk, amen. I'm telling you right now, God said the battle's over. The war's over. Let him restore your soul. Let him restore your soul. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Sister Leslie, I'm not just saying this because you're here. Amen. But we got to be careful not to get offended when our loved ones pass away. We got to keep our spirit right. I'm preaching to somebody. Hey, I had my sister die on me. And you know what? I had to be careful to not get offended. Uh, amen. You have to be careful. Amen. When, when things, when prayers don't get answered. You got to be, be careful when you tell Jesus, I'm in jail and I need you to help me. I'm stuck. I'm in darkness. I got chains on me. Where you at? And Jesus says, I'm where I've always been, and I'm not coming to get you. All right. Amen. Oh, nobody amen in that one. I'm right where I'm at. Where are you at? I'm in chains. I'm in darkness. I'm broken. I'm sad. I'm persecuted. I'm distressed. Where are you at? I didn't ask you what you're going through. I asked you where you're at. Is your spirit restored? Is your soul restored? Are you offended at me? Come on. If Jesus preached this to John, God knows I can preach this to you. Because ain't none of us as dedicated as John was. My man lived in a camel coat and ate grasshoppers and honey. Amen. For the sake of the gospel. None of you willing to do that. And I ain't either. Praise God. So if John can get this preached to him, so can you. Praise God. I'm just telling you right now. You over there crying. Amen. Because your co-worker dry snitched on you. You need to shake that stuff off. You over there crying because your ex-husband trolling you. Amen. You need to cut that stuff out. You over there all upset. Praise God. Because pastor did something he didn't even know he did to you. You need to cut that stuff out. You over there all upset. Amen. Because your in-laws talking trash about you. Some of it's true. But quit being so upset just keep on moving on with your life keep on moving on in Jesus keep on loving Jesus don't get offended don't get... oh come on somebody come on come on come on oh hallelujah oh somebody somebody give God some praise right now oh hallelujah hallelujah I have Bible studies with brother Robert every week there's some weeks we miss praise God there was COVID sickness all kinds of stuff do you know Brother Robert back there? He, he goes to AA. he been there. How long you been doing AA, Brother Robert? Three years. Amen. He's been sober. When we found Brother Robert, he was already 73 years old. I think we found you when you were 73. My wife knocked on his door. Amen. We, we baptized Brother Robert. He got the Holy Ghost. Brother Claiborne was here preaching. Devil thought he had Brother Robert. But you know what I appreciate about Brother Robert? He could do AA, but he realizes only the Lord restores my soul. AA helped me get the body back together. But only the Lord, only the Lord, the Bible says he regenerates us. The Bible says we're born again. And God knows what happened on the inside don't happen on the outside because some of us come out just as ugly as we did when we went in the baptismal tank. Praise God. You know who you are. Oh, the change is on the inside. Oh, and what a change. What a change. What a change. Praise God. What a change. And that change is the restoration of the human soul. 
I'm, you know what I'm telling you? I'll never forget. I was preaching a conference one time. There's this real tough-looking chola girl, and uh, she came to the service. She came to the service tattooed up, and I'm just telling you, there's a bunch of girls in that church that used to be cholas too, but they were all from like the other clique. And you could just tell that everybody was trying to keep it cool. I'm telling you, God help you. If we bring somebody into this building and they're sitting in that water and somebody you used to beef with and you're still wondering if you're going to carry that beef out. You need to switch the chicken. And you could tell all the girls, you know, come on. You know what? I'm, I'm tired of this. Ladies, you know, girls can get catty. And when they're cholas, you know, they can get tigery. You know, they just. <laughs> and you could just tell everybody was kind of gearing up. Oh, but I remember when we baptized that girl. I'll never forget it. It was a lesson I'll never forget as long as I live. We baptized that girl in Jesus' name. She came out of the water speaking in tongues. And you know what she did when she came out of the water speaking in tongues? She looked for all those girls that used to be on the other side of the hood. She looked for those girls that had the other numbers tattooed on their necks. She looked for those girls, amen, that used to, that used to chase her after school. And you know what she did? She ran up to them, and she started hugging them, and she started weeping on them. And you know what those girls did? They started hugging on her. And they, Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. You know, everybody had to make a decision right there at that baptistry. Are we going to get offended? Are we going to get offended? Are we going to get offended? Or are we going to be restored? Or are we going to be delivered? Or are we going to be won back to Jesus? What are we going to do right now? And I'm preaching to somebody right now. How you come out of what you're going through right now hinges. And I'm just telling you right now, big doors swing on little hinges. Amen. And it all hinges on whether you're going to get offended at something or not. Whether you're going to come, come on, somebody. Somebody ain't helping me right now. Somebody ain't helping me right now. Praise God. I'm telling you, we got to get over the offenses. We have to stop it. Let's pray together. I want you to pray right now, Saint. God, don't let me get offended. Don't let me get easily offended. Come on. I want you to pray right now. Restore my soul. Restore my soul. Uh, Jesus. We have to stop being so easily offended. We need to start. Everyone say start. We need to start interacting with Jesus, the gospel, and the spirit. I am telling you right now, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish here in a few minutes, but I am telling you right now, there are so many things that are trying to take the energy we use to interact with God and distribute them in other directions. Facebook wants you to interact with it. Instagram wants you to interact with it. Twitter Whatever your, whatever your little social media platform is. And then there's, there's other stuff. There's gadgets and toys and cars and 
houses and clothes and, and all this kinds of stuff that wants us to take our insecurities, our feelings, our frustrations, our anger to, to it. Well, I'm just having a bad day right now. I'm going down to five guys. And you start interacting with five guys. And I'm so mad, I'm fixing to just put up a subtweet. Y'all know what a subtweet is or a sub? You know, folks always saying stuff on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, talking about somebody they're mad at. But you, you don't put their name, just mm, found this today. This is good. <laughs> Going to go ahead and put this up. You know what you just did? You just cheated yourself out of deliverance. Because you chose to take it to Mark Zuckerberg instead of Jesus. And you chose to take it to five guys instead of the gospel. I am telling you right now, people, we have to guard our heart. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And I'm not against five guys. You go get you a five guys, but pray through. Pray through. Pray through. That way, that way you ain't getting two orders at five guys. That way you order a protein style instead of. <laughs> you don't want to go into Facebook, Five Guys, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. You don't want to go in there all twisted up. Somebody think, Pastor, being petty. I'm not being petty. I'm trying to help you out. Because some of, I'm, I'm trying to be funny because some of us are actually running to worse things. I'm going to go ahead and put a joke on it, but some folks are running to worse things. Some folks, and I hope not here, but even if it's you, we here for you. But there's folks running to prescription meds. There's folks running probably still to the dope man. There's folks still running to the bottle. There's folks still running, amen, to illicit relationships. There's folks running to all kinds of funny stuff. There's still folks trying to buy their happiness. There's folks still trying to eat their happiness. There's folks still trying to Instagram their happiness, Facebook their happiness. There's folks still, I'm telling you folks, I'm not, I'm not ragging on you. I'm not ragging on me. I'm just letting you know that there's a better option. There's a better option. It's called interacting with Jesus. It's called reading your Bible. Come on, somebody. It's called getting in the spirit. Hallelujah. Getting in the spirit. Uh, come on. Getting in the spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I tell you today, Jesus is alive. The gospel is alive. And the Holy Ghost is alive. You need to interact with Jesus. Revelations 1 and 18, Jesus says, I am he that lives. Jesus is alive. The Bible says that Pete, when Paul would get arrested, amen, they'd bring him before the council. They'd say, we, we, this man is crazy. He's going around preaching this guy named Jesus. We checked our records. He's dead. But Paul keeps saying he's alive. And this guy, there ain't nothing stopping this guy. We've done throwing him in jail ten times. And he, every time we throw him in there, he's talking to somebody and he's in there by himself. Amen. And, and, and he gets out and, and, and people bless him. And somehow, he, you know why? Because Paul, when Paul got thrown in jail, when Paul got 
rock rocked in stone. When Paul got thrown down, beat down, betrayed, broken, amen, he didn't go and he didn't go and post about it. He didn't go and eat it off. He didn't go and buy him a new pair of shoes to get over it. You know what he did? He talked to Jesus about it. The living God, the living God, the living God, the living God. Amen. Paul could lift his voice inside of a jail cell and sing. Paul could lift his voice inside of a jail cell and talk to God. Amen. He, he, the prisoners might have been laughing at him. The guards might have been laughing at him. People might have, people might have been laughing at him but he said you don't understand my Jesus is alive amen he was dead he is not dead he was dead and behold he is alive forevermore amen and amen and amen he is the alpha he is the come on I'm telling you amen the old timers used to sing that song have a little talk with Jesus amen have a little talk with Jesus try talking to Jesus about it try talking to Jesus about your divorce try talking to Jesus about your depression try talking to Jesus about your anxiety. Try talking to Jesus about your unemployment. Try talking to Jesus about that person you're mad at. Try talking to Jesus about your wife. Try talking to Jesus about your husband. Try talking to Jesus about your child. Try talking to Jesus about your diabetes. Try talking to Jesus about your high blood pressure. Try talking to Jesus about your mom. Try talking to Jesus about your dad. Try talking to Jesus about your brother, your sister, your uncle, your aunt. Come on, somebody. Try talking to Jesus. Amen. About all that's going on in the world. Have a little talk with Jesus. Oh, let's praise him. He ain't dead, folks. He ain't dead. I'm not making fun of nobody. My grandma was Catholic. And every picture of Jesus in the house, he was dead. Always on the cross. And you know what, Brother Anderson? I grew up thinking Jesus was dead. And I remember, Sister Leslie, the first time I was sitting in my room. I was addicted to drugs. I tried committing suicide twice. I had friends. I had money. Illegal, but it was money. And you know what happened? I was laying in bed, dead asleep. And Jesus came in my room. Yeah. And I, because I had always seen him dead. And I was watching too much TV. I thought aliens were trying to abduct me. That, that, that's, that's, that, that, that's funny, but that's not a joke, actually. I thought, I thought man, the UFO's coming? <laughs> I started feeling like this tingly thing from the top of my head to the bottom of my head. I said, I'm going. <laughs> they coming for criminal Mexicans? <laughs> Look at that. I always crack up people and say, aliens took them. Aliens just taking people at the trailer park, I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you think aliens would be after, like, you know, FBI, the, the head of the FBI, the president maybe. The FBI. I'm over here thinking aliens are coming. But it wasn't aliens, Brother Cameron. It was the maker of heaven and earth. Oh, he was alive. But the images I had in my mind were of a dead God. Hanging on the cross. You never go to Catholic church. See, see an open tomb? That's why we don't call it Easter. We call it Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. It's a re it's a he was dead. He's not dead. He was dead. He is alive right now. Hey, you know what? When you get in your car and you start driving back home, he's there, right there. 
He, he right there. He listening to y'all fight. He listening to y'all get all offended because you took the wrong left turn. He listening to where you're going to go eat. He right there. I'm telling you right now. When you are alone in your room tonight, he will be right there. Amen. When you are on your job, in the office, surrounded by people or all alone, he's right there. Praise God. I'm telling you, I, even just a few minutes ago, I was over there in the corner right before church started, and I just started feeling weak. And you know what I did? I lifted up my hands. I said, God, I'm so weak. Touch me. And I knew I could pray that because he's alive. He's listening. This whole time preaching, I've been calling some of your names out. And you know what happens? Every time I call your name out, you look at me. Why, you, why would you give Jesus any less validity? This is why we don't take his name in vain. Because when you say his name, he right there. The gospel. Everyone say the gospel. Your Bible. Your Bible. Your Bible. Let me see your Bible. I have my, my, my iPad. My iPad is not alive. This little leather book right here, folks, is alive. This is not a book. This is a voice. This book right here. This is what I preach out of. I'm telling you, this thing right here is dead. This, this, this ain't nothing but keyboard and circuits and, and glass and, 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 and light. But this thing right here, this is a living organism. This is alive. The Hebrews 4 and 12, ESV says it this way. The word of God is living. It is active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of the soul and of the spirit of joints and of the marrow and the discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart when you don't know what to do when you don't know how to, when you don't know why you feel the way you feel when you're when you're all offended and you're all twisted up and you feel like giving up and you don't want to be around the kids and you're not happy with your husband and you're upset about the finances and you're stressed out and you're and you're mad at your in-laws and you're going through whatever you're going through and you're having to take another insulin shot and you got to take another high blood pressure pill I mean you know what you need to do you need to sit down for a few minutes and open up this living word amen talk to jesus but let the bible talk to you oh come on somebody i'm almost done but let me tell you something i'm a preacher it's really hard for me to read the bible and not start thinking of things to preach but i train myself not to do that my brain starts doing that, I close it. And I open it back up. Because this is not that. This is not just where I get sermons out of. I'll never forget Sister Gloria, Gloria the day. I, I'll, I'll never forget it as long as I live. I was opening up the trunk to my car. And my Bible was right there. In the trunk of the car. And a conviction came over me. Because me and my wife had been going through a lot of things at that season in my life. And I thought, you know what? It's been this word that's kept me in her. It's been this word that went with us to the ICU. It was this word that went with us when the baby was born. It was this word that helped us last week when we didn't know where the groceries were coming from. And I, I vowed to myself, I'll never do that again to the Bible. I don't put my Bible on the ground, and I don't put any other books on it. I don't put my phone on it. I'm telling you, 
I may have a busted couch, bed, car, everything, but this thing going to be nice. Because this thing will get you out of busted into blessed. This thing will get you from, from frail to favored. This thing will get you from whining to winning. Pastor, make a big deal about Bible study. I sure do. And I ain't saying sorry about it. And I ain't even going to be sorry, not sorry. I'm just not sorry. Because this is living. You know what? Jesus is alive. The gospel is alive. The spirit is alive. Revelations 2 and 7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit hath to say. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost got a word for you. The Holy Ghost got a word for you. What am I going to do? I don't know. I don't know what you want to do. The Holy Ghost got a word for you, though. This should not be the first place you pray. This, 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 even on Sundays, this should not be the first place you pray. And this definitely shouldn't be the last place you pray. You should be praying at home. You should have a devotion in your house. You should have worship service in your living room. I remember being little and going to, I, I've, I've actually only been to Catholic Church like twice. I, they wouldn't even give me communion. I was such a heathen. My grandma took me, she was like, not him. <laughs> I, just, I just looked un-Catholic. Oh, Brother Thaler, I remember the day. I remember Brother Dream like it was yesterday. Service got started. I would never even been in a church. I was starting to get fidgety. And all of a sudden, that priest turned his back on all of us. Opened up his arms. Started reading the Bible in Latin. Now, we were all Latino, but we didn't know what he was saying. I know some Latin today. And I probably could have figured it out. But I didn't know what he was saying then. And guess what? My grandma, who at the time was 87 and full of life, didn't know what he was saying either. And the only time he spoke to us in Spanish is when she told him that his, her grandson can't take communion. Oh, I'm telling you. You ought to be thankful. You ought to be appreciative. For a living Jesus. Amen. For a living Bible. Yes. And for a preacher that's talking to you in your language. Yes. I'm even talking street to some of y'all. Because I want to make sure you get this. And I want to make sure that you understand when you go home. That Jesus is there. He's alive. Amen. That book on your counter is alive. And the spirit that's in you, it talks. Yes. It talks. Yes. It talks. Some of you, some of you, we talk on the phone when you need advice. I'm closing. I know y'all, y'all gotta go. When we talk on the phone, you may not even notice I'm doing it. I just let you talk. Because you know what I know? God's already kind of told you what you're supposed to do. 
and all I'm going to do is amen you. And I actually got pretty tricky ways to get you to confess that God's already told you. I won't tell you what they are because it makes you feel good. But, but there's some real good ways to let people just come to the facts. Hey, I kind of already heard from God. He's already talked to me. I'm just calling you, Pastor, to get an amen. And you know what I'm going to say? Amen. Yeah. Unless it's an oh me. And there's oh me moments. Let's stand. I'm sorry, I preach long. But we needed it. Oh, Jesus. I was here last night. I was tired. I woke up yesterday at, a, I don't know, five. I was running around all day, had the church service. Went home, probably around six. Laid flat on my back, stared at the wall. A few hours later, got back up, came back down to the church, started praying. 10 o'clock, my phone started buzzing. Sister in the church was in the hospital. She said, Pastor, pray for me. I said, I'm already here praying, sis. I'm already here praying. Why are you telling me that? Are you bragging on your prayer life? No. I'm just letting you know he alive. And when you're in the hospital and you're crying and you're wondering if he listens, already got somebody praying for you. He's already got somebody talking to him. He's already got somebody standing in between you and him, interceding. And when you think you're all alone, you got Jesus. You got a Bible. You got a spirit. And you got a, you, you got a family of people. I can't tell you how many times I went to bed and I said, God, Joe Booker texts me at 7 a.m. I'm praying for you, Brother Prado. I'm praying for you. Brother Anderson came up to me yesterday and said, hey, if you could pray for me and my wife, I interrupted him. I said, Brother Anderson, you were the first person I prayed for today at 5 a.m. So I got an alphabetical prayer list. So before he could ask me to pray, Brother Anderson, Brother Branham, you, you, you're right up to Branham. You can pray for a lot. Sometimes I don't make it to Z.
the presence of God here on earth. Why don't we interact with the living God right now? Oh, God, let's lift up our hands before we're dismissed. Let's pray a little bit together. Oh, I feel, I feel somebody falling in love with Jesus again right now. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. 